Matthew chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came up and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And starting at verse 18, Jesus is speaking to just his disciples. He says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is one when one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is one, the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and yield nothing. But as for the one who is sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. For most of my adult life, I have wanted to be a gardener. I grew up watching my mom in the garden on the weekends, Seeing the beautiful plants that blossomed from her hard work, I grew up surrounded by flowers and herbs and life. Since I can remember, I have tried and tried to have my own gardens. Granted, for the most part, I've lived in apartments, so my gardens are forced to be on patios, but that's fine. I have so many neighbors who have beautiful patio gardens. I've seen tomatoes hanging through railings, strawberries ready for picking in their planters, and flowers blooming bright and adding life to balconies. And so every few years, I decide that I, too, shall have my own garden. And I can make smaller versions of my mom's beautiful garden on my patio. It could happen, and I will make it happen. And so, of course, I go to the store and spend more money than I should on seeds, soil, gloves, planters, and so on. I read all the instructions. I look up all the tips and tricks to patio gardening. I get to work. I have tried planting seeds and then transferring them. I have tried buying plants that are already sprouting. And I've even tried buying plants that are not only already blooming, but they're already in their planter in hopes that their striving would only continue under the love and care of my green thumb. I mean, literally, all I need to do is water them regularly and they should stay alive. But out of all of the years, all of these patio gardens, all of the money and energy and time I've put into this, I have two planters with living things left. Everything else has died. I may be the greatest non-vegan mass murderer of plants out there. Herbs, vegetables, flowers, those seeds stood no chance against me. The only reason the two planters currently living are still alive, my mom gave them to me. <laughs> she planted them in the planters and her and my stepdad brought them down from Seattle so that I might have something living on my balcony. 
The planters are set up so that as long as I fill them with water once a week and then never touch them, they might live. And so in reading today's parable, I struggled a bit because I am currently grieving some snapdragons that did not survive my love and care, and Jesus wants to talk about planting seeds. Jesus is teaching to a large crowd, and he tells this parable, the parable of the sower. And when we tend to think of parables as illustrations, but parables aren't really that. They're not meant to be a simple example of how to understand something. Parables are meant to spark the mind. They're meant to get people thinking and talking and wondering about what it might mean. Parables are meant to draw us in, maybe to even trigger our own shame and grief about gardening, and get us to talk about it. After all of these sparks, after these conversations, these wonderings, after everyone has given up on figuring out what the heck it is that Jesus is trying to talk about, the hope is, is that he'll tell us. And Jesus does. Not to the crowd, but Jesus does explain this parable to his disciples, and so we can get a taste of what this means. Jesus tells us that the seed that is being sown is the kingdom, the word of the kingdom. That all this talk about seeds and soil is really talking about faith, about responses to hearing the gospel. And when we talk about the word of the kingdom, when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about God breaking into this world, about Jesus bringing forgiveness and love, about the Holy Spirit filling us with faith. We are talking about grace. These four different soils are four different ways we might respond to Jesus and to the grace we have been given. And Jesus is telling the disciples this explanation because he is sending them out He's sending them out to be sowers, to sow the seeds of God's kingdom in the world, and that's a pretty scary task. So Jesus knows the best way to equip the disciples is to tell them all the different responses they're going to get. Some people won't have ears to hear the gospel. Words of love and mercy will bounce off them like seeds on a path. Some will be so excited at first to hear that they are loved, to hear about the Messiah, they will jump for joy but their joy will wither when they don't know how to experience faith and suffering together. Some will hear about Jesus and hear the calling to care for others and have the words of love and mercy choked by their own selfishness or self-imposed blindness. And then, of course, there is the good soil, the ones who hear and bear fruit, those who experience the gospel, who hear what Jesus has done and rejoice and respond by sharing their love and mercy with others. And so Jesus tells the disciples this explanation so that they can know what to expect when they go out into the world. And so that we can remember, too, that as we go out, as we share our witness, as we share mercy, and we share love, rejection is normal and even sort of expected. But I want to pause here. Because, yeah, we're all here in church today, right? We're listening to a sermon, hopefully still listening, not too much sleeping happening. Generally, we're people of faith. We must be the good ones Jesus talks about, right? Our response to faith must be good soil. And I wonder if the disciples listening thought the same thing. They hear, they think they understand. Jesus deems them worthy of this insider knowledge. Jesus is grooming them to go out and be sowers, like from the parable. But I can think pretty quickly of at least three disciples who clearly didn't respond to the word like good soil might to a good seed. For instance... The disciple Thomas hears that the other disciples have seen Jesus after his death, and they've seen him alive. But all the faith that Thomas had was snatched away from him when he saw Jesus on the cross. Thomas couldn't believe. He couldn't imagine what Jesus had done. 
And so his soil that day was more like the past. The seed of the kingdom had just blown away as quickly as the other disciples shared it. It wasn't until Jesus shows up that the seed, the word of the kingdom, the reality of God's grace and love and amazing power could be sown in Thomas's mind. It's not until Jesus puts Thomas's hands in his wounds that he can say that the seed has been planted in his heart. It's Jesus that makes Thomas's response of faith into good soil. And of course, there's Peter, one of the most passionate of the disciples throughout Jesus's ministry. He's the one who speaks up, who speaks out who is so excited and sometimes a little overly excited. His faith is so strong that Jesus will build the church upon it. Peter must be good soil, right? Except when things get tough. When persecution and suffering become real, Peter's faith, Peter's witness, Peter's soil doesn't hold up. It was rockier than he imagined. He denies knowing Jesus three times when Jesus is taken to the cross because his fear overpowered his faith. In Matthew, the last thing we hear from Peter is that after denying Jesus, he remembers Jesus' prediction that he would deny him, and then Peter weeps. We don't hear from Peter again until he comes back in the story in the book of Acts, and he's become a leader. After Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit touches the apostles, it's Peter who speaks up. It's Peter who preaches to the crowds around them. And it wasn't Peter's own power or merit that gave him this courage, this faith. It was the Holy Spirit poured out upon him and the other disciples. It was the Spirit that makes Peter's response of faith into good soil. And of all the disciples listening to Jesus' explanation of this parable, I wonder if Judas thought for sure that his response was good, that he was good soil. He was known as a zealot. He was ready for the Messiah. He was ready for Jesus and I'm sure he felt like his soil was most fertile and that it would bear the most fruit. And we know that didn't work out very well for Judas. We don't know for sure why Judas betrayed Jesus. Maybe it was the spirit that entered him in the Gospels of John and Luke. Or in Matthew, it says that he just went to the chief priest and asked what he could get for his betrayal. So maybe it was greed for the 30 silvers Judas was given. Maybe it was that... In Judas's angry and impatient, thorn-filled thorn -filled faith, he thought that by turning Jesus in, it would force Jesus' hand. Maybe he hoped he could push Jesus into being the Messiah he dreamed of. What we do know is that this disciple's faith was not able to be shared. It did not bear fruit. It was choked out by this world, by his betrayal, and in his death. Judas was unable to sow seeds, to share the kingdom, to be a witness and although we don't know for sure his motivations, we certainly can wonder at his grief. Matthew 27 tells us that before Judas killed himself, he said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And he threw back the coins to the high priest. I wonder if Jesus welcomed Judas after his death. I wonder if Jesus forgave him too. I wonder if this seed of love and mercy was for Judas as well. I wonder if even after death, Jesus' death and resurrection could turn Judas' response into good soil. It's only something Jesus could do. In all of my plants that I have killed, the only ones that are still surviving, and maybe even thriving, are the ones that my mom gave me. She did all the work of getting them prepared and made their care easy for me. None of the disciples, none of us, are good soil on our own. None of us respond as good soil to the seed of love and mercy and hope that we are given in Jesus without help. 
It's God that gives the sower the seed. It's God that gives us the faith to hear the word of the kingdom, to hear the gospel, to hear that the Son of God, that Jesus went to the cross for us to bring us love and mercy and hope, to plant these seeds in us, regardless of what kind of soil we might be. Jesus goes to the cross that we might become good soil, so that we might experience God's kingdom. It's God that sows hope in our hearts through Jesus' resurrection. It's the Holy Spirit pouring out upon us that strengthens us to go out into the world and become sowers ourselves. It's God that sows seeds of love and mercy and hope over all kinds of soil. God broadcasts seeds of grace and love onto paths that are unable to hear, onto rocks that one day become foundations, onto thorns of pain and chaos that one day might become fruitful cypress trees. For as the prophet Isaiah says in our reading today, as the rain and snow come down from heaven, so too shall the word of the kingdom. Like rain and snow, so too shall the truth of the gospel, shall the love of God rain down on each and every one of us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.